I want to invite you to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 5 through 9. And I know we don't have any uh, scripture reference on the screens or listed in the bulletin, but we are going to look at, we're going to, I'm going to mention a number of passages, but I want us uh, a little bit later in the introduction to look at this passage, read through this passage together. So this is going to be a little bit of a different sermon today. I'm not going to start with a text and then walk through it uh, verse by verse as we usually do. Um, I'm rather going to kind of take an application of the text that we read. And the sermon is basically just going to be applying, making application of that passage. So let's pray. We... uh, we always pray for the Lord's help, so let's pray for God to help us today in our time together. Father, we bow our heads before you as we've acknowledged in our treasure verse from your word, uh, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness? awesome and glorious deeds, doing wonders. We woke up to a wonder this morning of a fresh fall of snow and reminding us, Father, that though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be made like wool. Reminding us, Father, of not only your greatness, but of the lengths of which you have gone in grace to redeem us as fallen, undeserving people, to be saints forever in your presence, to bring you glory and honor to enjoy you forevermore. That people without hope might have hope everlasting. The the, the newness, Lord, of just what the, the snowfall means to us who believe is truly beyond words and beyond our, even in our emotions to appropriately glorify your name. And we ask, Father, that as we, as we look at these texts this morning, as, as we kind of look at our hearts, as we allow your spirit and your word to work in our hearts, would you please, in a special way, be with the words that are spoken I pray that, Father, you would oversee everything about me this morning, the the words that I say, the way in which I say them, the mannerisms I use, my facial expressions. I I pray that nothing would take away from from what we need to hear, myself included. Help us all as your people, Father. There are times in our lives when, when we just need to hit the pause button and and just honestly, truly reflect on you and reflect on ourselves and, 
and allow the word to penetrate and work in our lives and renew us and revive us and refresh us and shape us and mold us. And I believe this is one of those moments. So we, we really need help in, in, the, in the giving and the receiving of, of truth today. We, we do ask, God, that you would search us. Your word says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and, and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. That's what we, that's what we need, Father. That, that's the purpose. So help us today. Help us. We, we need your grace in so many ways. And we know you're going to be faithful to build your church and to do your great work. And we anticipate, Father, that we would leave, Father, this place in a way in which we are forevermore changed in our gratitude and in our worship, in our lives. And for that, we give you glory now. In Christ's name, amen. Have you been tested by COVID? That's the title of the message. I want to share a couple of verses before we get to 2 Corinthians to kind of give the, kind of the heartbeat or the, the tone that hopefully will be for today's message. Over in Acts chapter 20, Paul is he's getting ready to depart for Jerusalem And he is sure to meet, he knows and everyone around him knows that when he arrives in Jerusalem, he is sure to meet with some type of persecution. So he's having kind of a final meeting with the elders of the church of Ephesians. He, Paul planted that church and it's been established. It's grown to the point that it has its own pastors. And Paul is meeting with them and and he's giving them final instructions. And they realize this might be the only time In this life, this might be the last time in this life that we see Paul face to face. So they're clinging to every word that Paul says. And among all the things there in Acts chapter 20 that Paul shares with them, he says these words in verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Over in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul is, of course, writing that letter to Timothy. He has mentored Timothy in the faith, and Timothy is now the main speaking pastor of the church of Ephesus. First and second Timothy are some of Paul's last words, last writings before he gives his life for the Lord. And he says these words to Timothy. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. For by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. 
I was thinking about those two verses of Scripture. I've thought about them often in the past several weeks. You know, being a pastor is simultaneously the best job in the world and the most fearful job in the world. It's the best job in the world because I actually get a paycheck for studying the Bible. It's wonderful. I don't know if you like that or not, but I, I, I love it. I mean, you're looking at me like you don't like that, but I tend to enjoy it. I, I, I love being able to, to study the Bible, and I'm able to make a living by it. it it's a wonderful thing. Words of life, I, 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 I study and, and read and, and study about and read about words of life and salvation. However, it's also the most fearful job in the world. Being a pastor means I, I am accountable to God and I will give account to God for how I spiritually cared for the very people God sent his only son to die for. That's how serious God takes it, and that's how serious he's going to call me to account for what I said, how I lived, how I said it, when I preached it, how I preached it, what I preached, why I preached it. It's a fearful thing. And the, these two verses that I've shared from Acts and from 1 Timothy, they, they instruct all pastors, they're, they're for all pastors to really focus your ministry on these three vital things. Number one, number one, keep a careful, close watch on yourself so that you make sure you're living what you are preaching that you are believing what you are calling others to believe, that you are embracing and, and treasuring what you are calling God's people to embrace and, and to treasure. So first of all, watch yourself. Second of all, a careful, close study of God's word so that, so that what you tell the congregation God has spoken in fact, God has really spoken that. It's a fearful thing to get up and speak for God. To say, now this is what God means. This is what the Bible means. This is what it's saying. This is how we apply it. Keep a careful watch on yourself. Keep a careful watch on the teaching. And finally, keep a careful, close watch over those God has entrusted to you to spiritually guide and spiritually nourish. If you do these things, Paul says, if you do these things, you will arrive in glory and you will take your congregants with you. You will save both yourself and your hearers. The most dangerous thing in the world the most dangerous thing in the church is a false teacher taking himself to eternal ruin and taking everyone who's listening to him and following him with him. 
So what's at the heart of today's message is the, the attempt to, to keep a careful, close watch. First of all, on myself, on the Word, and, and on every soul that is represented here at Grassy Pond Baptist Church. We are 11 months into a pandemic. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never lived through a pandemic. I've certainly never pastored through one. This is new territory for all of us. Our lives have been altered. We've, we've had to make adjustments. We've had to navigate through uncertain, uncharted territory. And through all of this, we, we've, we've always maintained and, and we know as the people of God that God is sovereign. God is in control when it seems like the world is out of control. We, we understand God remains on the throne. And because of that truth that is as solid as ever, that means that in addition to all that we have experienced going through this thing called COVID-19, God has utilized all of this experience, all of this challenge, all of the presence of a terrible virus to the end that God would be glorified and that he would cause it to be for the good of his people. Now, we know that's, that's the truth, Romans eight twenty eight. Over the past 11 months, many of us have been tested for COVID. You say, amen or oh my, there. Maybe we experienced symptoms and we needed to go get a test. Maybe we were around someone who tested positive. Maybe we, uh, a positive test result was required for work or school or travel or what it, whatever it might, might be. Many of us have been tested for COVID. I'm suggesting to us this morning that all of us have been tested by COVID. All of us myself included. Anytime we face something new, anytime we experience something challenging, anytime we encounter something that that alters the way that we live, it, it is a test of our faith. So it would do us well to hit the pause button, to to honestly evaluate our spiritual lives to ask soul-searching questions. It it cannot be for our harm. It has to be for our good to, to fairly, honestly let the Word of God search our hearts. Let the Spirit of God move in our lives. How are we faring spiritually under this test of COVID? What can we learn What is God teaching us about the world, about the future, about ourselves? Where are we with the Lord? What are the spiritual symptoms that COVID has surfaced in our lives? Are there any? And what would be the proper spiritual medicine? How do we build the immune system of our faith? How do we strengthen our faith and our affection and devotion of our heart to the Lord. 
so that COVID doesn't weaken us spiritually, but, but rather has the reverse effect. That, that's the work of God, isn't it? That, that when everything and, and everyone and, and life itself comes against us with the intention to tear us down, that God somehow has a way to take all of that and, and reverse it and, and actually build us up. Much like, remember, Joseph said, now you intended this for evil, but what? God intended it for good for good that's where i want us to look to this morning what is it that god is revealing that god is showing that ultimately is for our good to strengthen us to awaken us to revive us and that brings me to our text second corinthians chapter 13 Verses 5 through 9. 2 Corinthians 13 and verses 5 through 9. I'll just read the passage and you follow along in your, your Bible. Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. To see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves that that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test. But we pray to God that that you may do no wrong, not not that we may appear to have met the test, but that you may do what is right, though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and, and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. Restoration. Examine yourself. For the purpose of spiritual restoration. Examine yourself. This morning is something of our test time. Let's let's see how we're doing. Has COVID revealed that something has missing or, or something's lacking or something's kind of been pushed to the side in our lives that really needs to be in the forefront? In the first place. And if so, then let us find that Christ, he is the great physician. He is the gentle healer and he can administer to our souls the the proper spiritual medication to awaken us to life or to revive the life that is in us. Examine yourselves. So we're we're going to do that. We're going to examine ourselves and... The sermon this morning then is applying that passage, examining ourselves during, during a pandemic, simply asking a few searching questions. Maybe there are other questions that God brings to your heart. These are just three. And maybe one of these questions apply to you, maybe two, maybe all three, maybe none. But it's a time for us to do what the passage is calling us to do. Examine ourselves. Hit the pause button. What's going on in our lives? 
in our spirits. The first question we could ask is, has the presence of COVID increased fear or faith in our lives or in our life? Now, let's just be honest. COVID is a fearful virus. It's a fearful thing. Especially, especially before there were any vaccines available or being distributed. It has proven to be deadly. Especially to the elderly, especially to those with pre-existing health conditions, especially to those that have a compromised immune system in some way. Not only has it proven to be deadly, it's, it's very unpredictable, isn't it, in, in terms of its effects. I mean, you may, you may contract COVID and you may have a mild, mild cold symptoms. And you may have COVID and you may end up in the hospital on a ventilator. That's a, that's a drastic swing. That's a drastic pendulum. So it's unpredictable. It's, it's deadly and... For a while there, there, there was no answer, so it's, it's a fearful thing. There's no doubt about it. Life is filled with fearful things. That, that's not a new thing, that there's something in our life that's fearful. That's, that's not a new occurrence. So the point of today's sermon is, is, is not to deny in any way and not to dismiss in any way that COVID-19 is, is an actual living, spreading, mutating virus it is the point is as God's people living as new creations in Christ with the guaranteed hope of eternal life and the spirit of God dwelling within us we are not to live in fear no matter what the fearful circumstances around us might be life can be frightening Circumstances can be frightening, but we cannot live ongoing, day by day, ongoing and ongoing fear. We, we can't be paralyzed by our circumstances. No matter how threatening, no matter how fearful they may be, our God is not only sovereign, He is our heavenly Father, the God of the universe. The God of creation, the God of glory is our Father. By His grace, through faith in Him and standing on the promises of His Word, we are to face our surroundings. We are to face our environment, our context with confident assurance and faith in Him. Now, that doesn't mean we are to live presumptuously. We are to be wise. We, we are to live with wisdom. We, we are to live with caution. We are to live with common sense. Living by faith doesn't mean that we invite danger, that we intentionally put ourselves in, in circumstances which can be life-threatening just, just so, apart from being a witness for the Lord. We don't act presumptuously, but on the other hand, we don't panic either. We don't fret either. We don't worry ourselves into a corner either. We don't lose sleep either. 
Not only is God sovereign and, and our Heavenly Father, he, he holds each one of us in the very palm of his hand. He's numbered, he's counted the very number of hairs on our head. He cares for you and God is greater than COVID. COVID-19 does not move one inch. It doesn't go one millimeter in this creation apart from God's will and control. He is God. The Almighty, with one wink of his eye, COVID could vanish. You say, well, that's impossible. Exactly. That's what God does. Impossible things. As the people of God, we are to be wise and, and we are to be cautious, but we live by faith. We, we don't live by fear. We face COVID with prayer. We face it with thanksgiving and we face it with faith-filled, common-sense living. We keep living listen to these words if you don't know these verses i encourage you to write this down and hide these in your heart do not be anxious about anything do not be anxious about anything there's no exception clause there now if you happen to be in a pandemic be anxious No, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. That means when you're in it, and it's frightening, and it's fearful, and it's worrisome, and it's threatening. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And listen to the promise. And the peace of God. You want to have peace in the middle of a pandemic? Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? If COVID-19 has gripped you in chains of fear and you're just, and you're panicking and you, you just can't get, you lose your breath, you wake up at night, you, you're fearful, you're, you're pan, you're worrying about who's going to get it and what's going to happen and go to the Lord. We must live by faith and not by fear. Second question for us. Has the presence of COVID increased your absence or attendance in worship? Now that's one that's kind of stirring something, isn't it? Please hear me clearly and carefully. Especially I want you to understand this question is not being posed to our elderly members or to those with health conditions or compromised immune systems if you're in one of those categories and you're staying home 
with the exception of a, a necessary medical trip and you're watching services online, you're, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. Some of us have not been to church at times because we've had COVID or because we've been quarantined because of COVID, whatever the case may be. This, is, this question is not posed for you. This question is for all of us who are not in one of those categories. This question is for all of us who have returned to some kind of normal living. We just haven't returned to church. Let's just honestly, for our own spiritual good, reflect on this and, and search our hearts. And this is not just a grassy pond event. This is a, this is a nationwide event. People are just not coming back to church. So maybe we need to ask some soul-stirring questions about that. And you might be thinking, preacher, you are talking to the choir. We are here this morning. What are you doing? Well, you have to say it in some medium, right? Let's ask these kinds of questions today. Why is it that we go to work, go to school, go on trips, gather with family for special events, attend functions like weddings and funerals, participate in sports, attend social events with all of our various social groups, go to the gym, go out to eat in restaurants, go get groceries, Go shopping for clothes or whatever. But we're not going to church. Or we're barely going to church. And we say, because of COVID. I hope you understand. I dare not raise this question to try to guilt trip anyone to come to church or manipulate anyone to come to church or judge anyone for not coming to church. Guilt and manipulation are short-lived. If I can guilt you to come to church, you'll come for about two weeks and then you won't come anymore. It's a fruitless endeavor. I'm just asking questions to get us to stop and think and reflect and evaluate and examine ourselves. And if God would revive us, we'd have to open up all three overflows. It's, it's a burden. And every pastor in our area and every pastor in America is feeling the burden that we're attending every other event in our lives, both necessary and entertaining. And the pews are remaining empty. Just choir, who is here? Look around. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday. Some, some of our services recently have been barely attended. Barely. If we believed COVID was that dangerous and that deadly, we wouldn't be going anywhere. 
problem is we're going everywhere. But church. So we need to ask. We need to think a little more carefully about the reasons and the justifications we're giving ourselves for staying away from church. I just, I just want to think, think about things in another way, from a different perspective, from a different angle. Here are some reasons that I've come across, and I've, I'm trying to rethink them. One is, well, I'm trying to be safe. Many people think this, and I understand that. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to beat people over the head, and you've probably already clicked me off online. Some of you might have clicked me off here. I'm not trying to beat us over the head today. I'm just trying to say maybe we need to think a little bit different about those answers, and I understand that answer. But what are we saying? Are we saying it's worth the risk to go to work? It's worth the risk to go to school. It's worth the risk to be out and about on Saturday. It's just not worth the risk to gather and worship. I'm trying to be safe. I'm only doing the things that are necessary, the things that I have to do. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hasn't God given us abundant life and and life eternal so at what point did we decide that that coming before our god and our creator and our provider and our eternal savior was not essential well it's dangerous you know to be in a crowd i understand that but where else do we go that we're not around people that we don't live with where else do you go that you're going, that you're not around people that are not in your home. Which is what we've heard is the only way to stay safe, right? Just hang around people in your home. Well, I've just gotten out of the habit. We really need to ask ourselves, when when did worshiping the only source of life and salvation actually become a habit and nothing and something that we're not compelled how do we get to the point that we're used to it that we don't mind it that we're okay without it that we found a way to live without it that we keep living without it that we don't miss it And how did we get out of the habit of going to church, but not out of the habit of going out to eat? Or of anything else that you can think of. I'm just asking the question. I feel a little heat up here. I don't know if you do out there, but I'm just asking the questions that need to be asked. Some people have reasoned, well, if, if, I, if I come to church and I have to sit in one of the overflows and watch it on TV, I might as well stay home and watch it on TV. But then again, you're not with the body, are you? you you've missed out on the fellowship of the saints, and they've missed out on fellowship with you. And you've not been here to encourage them. They've, they've not, 
You've not been there for them to encourage you. You've not worshiped together. You're... It's not the body functioning together, ministering to one another. Hebrews 10, 25. And some say, well, I know, I know, I know, but I'm watching at home. <laughs> I get the feeling nobody's watching at home now. According to statistics from our live stream service, we're not watching at home, actually. Sunday, January the 24th, that Sunday morning, 42 people clicked on during the broadcast for an average time of 17 minutes. 62 people clicked on later for an average time of nine minutes. The average amount of the broadcast that was watched two Sundays ago was 30%. We're actually not watching. Some of us are. Some of us are watching the whole service at home. But if your average is 17 minutes or 9 minutes, then many of us aren't. I've also heard this. I have, I have you on at home, preacher, while I'm doing something else. <laughs> I, I know, it's, it's not about me. Please understand. But do we really want the weekly worship of the one and only true God to be the background noise while we're working on something? Is, is God really the audience there? I'm just asking the questions to examine ourselves. Listen, I know that going to church doesn't make someone a Christian. I know that. But what does it say about our spiritual lives when we don't go to church and we don't miss church and we learn to live without it? I plead especially with parents, and I think if you listen carefully to the announcement this morning, I think Lucy was kind of pleading this morning. And I'm pleading with, with parents especially to rethink our devotion to the Lord. Some of us have missed 11 months of bringing our family to church. 11 months. And you may say, it's well, it's because of COVID or we don't have any of our children's programs going other than nursery and Sunday school right now. But the fact of the matter is that we're taking our children to school. We're taking them to all kinds of extracurricular activities. We're just not taking them to church. And I wonder about the trajectory that we're setting. Where, where is God? How are our children observing our life where is God in the priority of our hearts during a pandemic? Um, shouldn't, shouldn't at the very least we should be coming together just to say thank you, God, that I'm here another week? 
that me and my family did survive COVID, that we haven't had COVID. Thank you, Lord, for the promise of eternal life that I know where my loved one is today. Shouldn't we be here at least asking for God's mercies for another week that we don't, we don't know what's going to happen? And I guess since I'm already in hot water, I'll just go ahead and say this was, a, this was a problem for us before COVID. COVID has just made it more visible. It's hard to deny when months and months and months and months and months go by and your family's not worshiping God in church. I just want to say to us parents, we're setting an eternally dangerous trajectory in our home. Children don't rise up to the standard. They follow the trajectory. And if God is first in our lives except for, that's the trajectory that we've set, and they follow a trajectory, not a standard. So then in their home, with your grandchildren, how often will they go to church? Where will God be in the priority of their hearts? Husbands, just think about it this way. Valentine's Day is coming up. What if you take your wife out for Valentine's Day and you say, Darling, 11 months out of the year, you are number one. But for that 12th month, somebody else has my attention. That's okay, I'll be back. How do you think that's going to go over? We have to ask these questions now. We have to examine ourselves now. Third question. Final question. Has the presence of COVID increased our craving for things or for God? With all that's happened in the past 11 months, on top of living through a pandemic, our culture, I don't know if you've seen it or not, noticed it or not, but our culture has rapidly morally declined in this past year. Things have been said and done openly that you could not imagine five years ago. And so one would have imagined that as life grew increasingly difficult, as we increasingly felt the pressure of the darkness encroaching in on every side, that our churches would begin to fill and, and be at capacity. But tragically, they grew emptier at times. Churches, not just ours, churches. Back in March, when our economy basically shut down, along with schools and churches, many of us pastors anticipated a great return to worship when things began to open up. We, the, the thinking was that not being able to go to church, not being able to gather with the fellowship of the saints and, and worship the Lord would, would increase our longing, would increase our devotion, would, as a result, increase our attendance. And for a few Sundays, it did, which is why we opened up a, a second overflow. 
But you see, everything else opened up too. About the same time, Maybe some things we missed more. We have made it to church a few times over these past 11 months. There have been Sundays that we could not come. But we have managed not to miss everything else that we, here's the key, church, wanted to do. wanted to do a pandemic is a great opportunity to spiritually examine ourselves could it be that somewhere along the way we've lost our first love could it be that we've never truly known the Lord as our first love it's just a season an opportunity to examine ourselves, allow the Lord to work, allow the Lord to speak. I I may be totally wrong. I may be totally in left field. If so, okay, but at least we ask the questions. At least we examined ourselves. At least we brought our hearts before the Lord and said, search me, try me, show me. And then allow the Lord to do his great work and to shape us and revive us according to his will, according to his grace. God is overseeing this pandemic for two reasons, his glory and our good. So what is the good and where is it in our lives? What is God teaching us? What is he calling us for? Where is he moving us? What is he showing us? It could be we need repentance. It could be we need revival. We need refreshing. We need renewal. Whatever it might be, may the Lord speak clearly and may we faithfully and truly respond. Let's pray. Father, this is not an an easy message to speak. It's not an easy message to hear. But sometimes... Good medicine doesn't taste good. So I pray that this sermon would be like that. To those who have attended and have heard and to those who missed the sermon today, I pray that they would go back and actually listen to the whole sermon and that, Lord, you you would use the, the scriptures that have been shared and your Holy Spirit and you would turn the searchlight on in our hearts and you would call us to yourself and This would be a wonderful season of renewal for for us, Lord. That we we would find our hope in you, our faith in you, our joy in you, and it would spill over into our lives and it would spill over into our worship. Father, we just ask that you would build your church and that you would be honored in all of it. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon ministry of Will Owens, pastor of Grassy Pond Baptist Church, Gaffley, South Carolina. Be sure to visit willowens.com to hear more sermons, read blogs, and learn more about the missions branch P67 Missions. Again, thank you for listening to Will Owens.